The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. My name is Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. A few minutes, I'll be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician for the Chicago Bulls and sports medicine specialist and orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, Rush University Medical Center. Today on the show... We're going to talk about um, the impact of the gift of life through tissue donation. We'll bring on a gentleman who uh, lost his daughter, and uh, in return she was able to uh, provide some uh, wonderful uh, tissue donation through Allosource. We'll tell you that story. Also, applying A-STEM for chronic heel pain. We'll talk about manual therapy options and plantar fasciitis and some of those things that... uh, come up for the soft tissue injuries. We've got a lot to do on this show, so stay with us. This is Sports Medicine Weekly. Be sure to follow our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com. I'm back with Dr. Cole to get it going right after this on ESPN Radio. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, or even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality, state-of-the- Healthcare services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across five Chicagoland locations with a new location in Munster, Indiana. Their cutting edge research, diagnosis, methods, and treatments make them the highest ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News and World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at rushortho.com or call 877 MD Bones. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. We're back on the Saturday morning. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole at Sports Medicine Weekly. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. Dr. Cole, I understand you recently took a trip to Denver to Owl Source and met with some leading scientists on the tissue donation and uh, transplantation. Yeah, it was a uh, great meeting. It was right on the heels of the uh, American Society for Sports Medicine meeting. It's our annual sports meeting that we held in Colorado Springs. Actually, you would love it there. It's at the Broadmoor, which is a beautiful place. And then was it uh, snowing? No, no. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> you never know was, in Denver. Uh, yeah, no. This was July in uh, Colorado Springs, so it was beautiful. And uh, then uh, before that meeting, we had a meeting with the Joint Restoration Foundation, which works directly with Allosaurus to provide tissue. Uh, to orthopedic surgeons to do uh, tissue transplantation. So we had about 10 or so of us colleagues and friends who uh, had a day-long meeting where we basically discussed our research, our clinical experience using tissue transplantation, and it was sort of a chance to cross-talk and develop ideas and further the field, and we de- we came we decided to do a multi-center study to track our outcomes. And, you know, those things are really important to be able to work with uh, colleagues and do multi-center re- research because... You know, you don't want to live in a silo with this because we all may have slightly different experiences, and we can sure. learn and do a much better job with our patients when we have the ability to sort of garner knowledge from one another. And that was the purpose. And I had the opportunity to meet a wonderful person. I've met so many amazing people through Allosaurus. Uh, in fact, after um, uh, we had our meeting, I went over to Allosaurus and probably had 200-plus people in a room where I gave a talk to to help them understand how important they are to our field. I mean, these are it's the number of people that actually touch the tissue to get it into a recipient 
is uh, it's dozens of people, and the enterprise at Allosource is, is just amazing. It's one of the most impressive organizations that I've worked with, and I work with a lot of different companies and science, you know, pharmaceutical companies and industry and so forth. In fact, I'd love it if you sometime were want to take a trip out there to check it out. It's pretty. It's really uh, a, an impressive experience. And then um, I met a wonderful individual, uh, Tim Jose, who uh, shared his personal experience and who now actually works for Allosource. So I th- asked if he'd be on the show, and uh, we're blessed to have him this morning, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about his experience and about tissue donation. Absolutely. Tim, thanks so much for, uh, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate uh, your time on Sports Medicine Weekly. understand that you are the uh, father of, uh, of a donor. That's correct. Yeah, my daughter Samantha was killed in a car accident in 2003, and uh, she was a donor. Wow. How did you make the decision, Tim, to uh, donate uh, during such a difficult time? Well, actually, she had made it herself. Uh, I took her to get her driver's license when she was 16, and at that time in Illinois, that's when you could sign up. And she uh, insisted that she sign up. Uh, Both my wife Deb and I are are registered donors, so we uh, supported her decision. Yeah, just to give you a little context, so uh, Tim um, was kind enough to sort of open our meeting with the, or my colleagues, and I think it was really important because, you know, we get we get kind of um, in our groove, if you will, and we're we're evaluating patients, and we think it's the right decision to put tissue as a transplant to fix a cartilage problem. You know, in my case, we use it for shoulders and knees, and sometimes the ankle, and very rarely other places, and. These are opportunities for people to avoid knee replacement, to take care of chronic pain and disability and so forth. And the, the challenge is we get a little bit lost in the, the process, and we sometimes lose sight of uh, what really has to happen and, and uh, to get 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 things going to really uh, extend the gift of, of uh, not necessarily life, but the gift of quality of life uh, to our patients. And he presented his story, and I know we don't have time to do the entire story, Tim, but I think the key points, which I'd love to hear about, and I know our listeners would probably uh, benefit from, is sort of, you know, you know, in brief, what happened, uh, the tragedy that happened to you and your wife, and how you turned this into a blessing for others, and how you've actually interacted and reached reached out to these re- these other donor and recipient families, which to me has been some of the most moving experience I've had in the last 20 years. Sure. Yeah, uh, Samantha was on her way to school. She was a senior in high school in uh, the suburbs of Chicago, and it was on a very rainy day, and um, she actually went down a valley in the road. There was standing water. Her car hydroplaned and spun into oncoming traffic, and she came face-to-face with a semi, and she was killed instantly. Um, Then, as we already discussed, she was a donor. We supported that decision. And uh, I started working with Gift of Hope, the organ procurement organization in the Chicago area, as a donor dad, basically uh, presenting Sam's story to many audiences, encouraging people to register to be uh, organ and tissue donors. When when did you dis- and, make that dis- when did you make that decision uh, relative to the time of uh, Samantha's death? It actually took about two years before I could talk about her, uh-huh. uh, especially in a group group setting, and obviously extremely emotional, very difficult to to do. I've done it many times since then, and even the um, session you were at, Dr. Cole, I was successful in getting everyone in tears, uh, including myself. So difficult subject to talk about your own daughter that way, but I hope to convince people to register to be organ and tissue donors in doing so. Do you, I'm just curious, you know, I mean, a lot of the people in this room have uh, kids who are, you know, have 
similar age than when Sam, when this tragedy happened and who would be of the you know the age if Sam was still with us does it does it get does it incrementally make ever make it any easier each time you tell the story or you see the effect i mean you had a dramatic impact on everyone in the room that day and my guess is you also have the opportunity to do this in other settings and have huge impact does it help in any way it definitely helps me because i think about the people that will be recipients down the line for additional people that that register Many of the, uh, the talks that I gave in the Chicago area were just to high school kids, whether it be a health class, a driver's ed class, et cetera. And the kids would listen. They'd get engaged. They'd get involved. But you're right about the adults. Uh, the teachers, who also had children, uh, took it very hard. And I would have uh, teachers that would bring me back year after year to talk to their students. And uh, one teacher I remember would, would say, I know I'm going to cry again. I do it every time you speak. Um, but it really drives home the impact. I one time had a student stop me in a hallway and as I was walking to make a presentation, and she said, you're the one thing I remember from last year in health class was your, your presentation about your daughter. So I know that I had an impact with her and hopefully with many other students that I've spoken to over the years. What's the call to action each time you speak to these kids? Uh, it's really to think about beyond themselves. Um, I, I have a quote that I share that, that Samantha gave, when we walked out of a DMV after she registered, she said, I don't understand why anyone wouldn't want to donate their body to help others after they were done with it. Mm-hmm. So I asked them the question, when you're done with your body, what will you do with it? And how can you impact other people? Do you think uh, in the kids who are 16 and older, which is the legal driving, it's when you get your license in Illinois anyway, do you think that those kids had already thought about this or do you think most of them had never really thought about it? Most of them have never thought about it, and uh, I also try to encourage them to have discussions with their parents because those conversations don't happen around the dinner table, and yet it's a very important topic to talk about. Um, So a lot of times the students will go home, talk to their parents, and I know that those conversations are happening more and more. Visiting with Tim Jose from Colorado, we're talking about Allosource, and uh, he's the father of a donor, Samantha, who lost her life in a car accident, and... uh, I understand, Tim, that uh, Sam was able to donate 25 tissues. Uh, That's really amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct, including uh, heart valves, small sections of her spine, bone, and skin. So someone's life was actually saved by her by having heart valve replacement. What? uh, Tell it. Maybe you could share one story with um, with us and our audience about meeting one of the recipient families. Actually, uh, the recipient family that I spent the most time with was my own recipient family. Um, after working with Gift of Hope for, for a few years, I decided to be a living kidney donor. And so I started a kidney donation chain in Chicago, and my left kidney went to York, Pennsylvania, to a woman named Christy who's there. And I went in and met with that family. I've done that a few times over the years and taken them out to dinner. And was, was uh, she, met their uh, family. Was she, excuse me, was she on dialysis at the time? She was just ready to go on dialysis. She was at that point where she needed a kidney very badly. And because her daughter also volunteered to be a donor but was not a, a match for Krista, uh, Heidi's kidney continued the chain and went to California. So that's how Heidi got, or that's how Christy got into the program. I mean, it's got to be a situation if you're the recipient that you're sitting there, you're saying, how can any other individual who I do not know, like think about that for a second, yeah, I don't know who this person amazing. is, 
they're going to give me their kidney. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's almost unfathomable, but it happens. I mean, how many times a year do there are other uh, living kidney donations? Not, I don't know the stats, uh, but not that many relative to deceased donors, obviously. Right. Uh, but we're, we're trying to spread the word that it's it's possible. Anyone who's healthy can give up one of their kidneys and live a perfectly normal life. So how, when you started that chain, how many uh, events occurred from that point forward? That day, there were four people that got new kidneys. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. And Tim, we're out of time. Final word from uh, from you, sir? Just, I would ask everyone to, uh, to consider registering. Uh, most people don't know that there are over 120,000 people in the U.S. right now waiting for an organ, many of them in need of a kidney. 22 people will die on average every day because they don't get the transplant they need. So I'd seriously ask everyone to consider it both on the, um, from the donor side of both the tissue as well as the organs. They can help many, many people. Where would someone learn the most about this if they needed to, if they had an interest in, in, in pursuing this? Well, every state has an organization. Uh, for example, there's a Donate Colorado. Um, there's a, uh, there's a, there are many organizations out there. There's one called UNOS, U-N-O-S. They have a website that has all the statistics of every state and every organ that's needed. So there are many avenues to get information out there, but your local organ procurement organization uh, can also help you with that. In Chicago, it would be Gift of Hope. That's correct. And lsource.org is also another website. Correct. All right. Tim, thanks so much for for joining us, uh, telling uh, Samantha's story. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Tim Jose. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole, back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages. On ESPN Radio. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I look forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmalkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Back on Sports Medicine Weekly, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole. And Dr. Cole is going to tell us a little bit about... uh, well, lending your expertise to everybody. We've got a free webinar coming up next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Time for Chicago Time. Challenges of being a sports medicine team physician, the way you see it, huh? 
Yeah, this is a uh, – thank you, Steve. So this is a webinar that we – that is a adapted from a lecture that Jimmy Andrews and I gave at the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons last spring. Otherwise known as Dr. James Andrews That's from right. Birmingham, Alabama. That's right. The famed James Andrews, yeah. who's a wonderful guy and who I speak to often just on second opinions and collaboration and so That's forth. That's why you call we, him Jimmy. That's right. <laughs> And uh, he and I did this together, and we each had about 20 minutes to sort of give our take on what it is to be a team physician, what some of the challenges are. And they sort of asked us to do it in a way that you wear it on your sleeve, you know. And um, I put together some case examples of difficult decision-making. I talk about the the medical legal aspects, speak about what it is to be a team physician from uh, how the interface with the media, with... Uh, asset protection, you know, there's things that you probably never think about uh, that when you deal in this space, and most importantly about sort of the ethics and the intellectual side of managing injury in a system that's a lot different than in some respects you deal with the same injuries in a professional athlete than I deal with every single day in the vast majority of my patients who are not professional athletes. So the basis or the core is the same, but the decision-making is through a different lens because you're dealing with all these different sort of people who have agency and a role in making decisions. So you don't make them in a vacuum, but you still deliver care in a very similar way. And uh, so this, you know, I, I actually enjoyed the opportunity to do this webinar because um, I, I, um, you rarely have an audience to talk about, and I think some people find it interesting. Certainly other orthopedic surgeons who take care of high schools and teams um, are uh, uh, interested in this topic because you can, one can learn, we can learn a lot from each other in this regard. So anyway, this is, uh, it's going to be Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Central Time. And I think the best way for people to get there is to go to the aaos.org website. So it's aaos.org. And if you scroll down on uh, the website, there's CME courses and webinars, and you can sign up for it. And the great thing about it is you don't have to be a member of the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons to sign on. It used to be sort of a closed shop, and now they sort of open this up to the public and patients and things like that. So, um, uh, and then there's, I'll be on, you know, they're showing part, they're showing the lecture that's been uh, edited, but I'll be on sort of live so people can ask questions and things like that. Well, so, is that right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. We have an hour to, to do it. And never really done it in this format, and they have a very sophisticated webinar platform uh, that's easy to use. You can just watch it, listen on your computer. So you do, you, you, you should register in advance, and they'll send you reminders, which is a good thing because I forget everything. So if you're hearing about it, you can just go on aaos.org and register now, and then you'll get reminders. You can also sign up and get on uh, within an hour of it uh, by going on the website and getting on access that way. But the good thing about registering in advance at aaos.org, how's that for plugs, master, huh, uh, is that you? they will send you reminders to say, you know, it's coming up at 7 o'clock Central Time. Again, free interactive webinar. Join the live event, Dr. Cole, continuing one of the most uh, interesting discussions from the AAOS 2016 annual meeting, and this one entitled, The Way I See It, Challenges of Sports Medicine Team Physicians. Uh, Dr. Cole, uh, my co-host here on Sports Medicine Weekly, the moderator, and get the inside story on risks, rewards, and responsibilities. He'll go through things like becoming a team physician, physician-athlete relationship, on-the-job training, roles and responsibilities, quarterbacking and coordinating, malpractice and liability, and uh, managing the media, which every now and then you and I discuss, right? Yeah. Things you probably yeah. uh, had no idea of until you uh, 
hit the surface with the Chicago Bulls, and yeah. um, everything's magnified with everything you do because of yeah. media and social media and everything else, right? Absolutely. A whole different lens. Yeah. Great stuff. Back with more after this on ESPN Radio. Returning patients who suffer from cartilage defects to an active lifestyle is the goal. Prochondrix, the latest solution from Allosource, is an innovative, cost-effective, fresh cartilage allograft designed to restore cartilage and restore life. To learn more about Prochondrix or allografts, visit Prochondrix.org. That's P-R-O-C-H-O-N-D-R-I-X.org. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly on ESPN 1000. Back on the Saturday morning, Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cohen, Sports Medicine Weekly. Our coordinating producer, Teresa Ann Seeger. Our board op and producer, George Cotzerillos. And don't forget, folks, net proceeds from our program, Sports Medicine Weekly. Go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Dr. Cole, heel pain. Is it quite common? Yeah, and uh, I, you know, maybe you remember we had a year. You know, there's always a year of injury sort of types that we get, and we had a year where we had plantar fasciitis in like three or four of our guys. You talk bulls and, players, yeah, and bulls players, and um, it's an heel pain is awful because when you think about it, you, you know, it's you feel it every time you step, and it's generally awful in the morning, and it's and it gets worse the more you do. Uh, in some instances, not all. So it's a big problem, and it's a it's a it's a large bucket of different conditions that cause that begin with the Achilles tendon go all the way around the corner to the bottom of the foot. So a uh, bad problem because it can cause a lot of time loss and functional impairment. How is it diagnosed then when you have all these different things it could be? Well, I mean, you know, I think if I asked a foot and ankle specialist like you know Johnny Lynn or Simon Lee and uh, George Holmes in our group, and they would probably put it in the buckets, you know, things that happen sort of upstream and downstream, upstream meaning in the Achilles area. So some of the most common things in the Achilles would be Achilles tendonitis or tendinosis where people get these nodules in their Achilles tendon. They get thickening there. Uh, I see that in a lot of runners and sprinters. Uh, then there's things behind the Achilles tendon called retroachilles problems, which can be uh, anything between a bursitis or inflammation of tissue to uh, something I see in dancers, which is a little further down in the heel called ostrigonum, which is a loose piece of bone, and we see that in people going point, you know, like, like ballet dancers. Sure. Uh, that was I remember when I first started in practice, I was doing some foot and ankle. It was probably one of the first athlete, sport injuries I ever took care of was a ballet dancer who had that problem, and when you fix them, they do great. And then, and How do then you fix it? you got to take it out. Well, you just try non-surgical. The floating you know. bone? Yeah, it's a loose piece of bone in the lower part, you know, near the heel but behind the foot. And um, you, well, I, you, what they'll often do is an injection first and see if that quiets it down. Or maybe, you know, we're going to hear about some different treatments for this type of stuff. But if that doesn't work, a little incision takes it out. And then you have that big bucket, which is plantar fasciitis, which is incredibly common. And, and it's brutal because, you know, it's, it's horrible the first time you get out of bed in the morning because you've been sitting with your foot, you know, in a plantar flexed or, or, or bent or flexed position. Uh, it's awful when you start up running and things like that. And there's a number of treatments for that. And mo- fortunately, most of that can be non-surgical. But the amount of time loss with plantar fasciitis in almost all sports, including our runners, is enormous. It has a huge impact. Our foot and ankle guys are just inundated with plantar fasciitis. I mean, on a regular basis, I probably get an email a day from my patients who say, look, who can I see for a foot and ankle problem? Like ne- this, like that. Absolutely. Our next guest is in studio with us from Athletico, Michael Chuba. A physical therapy manager, and here to talk a little bit about the ASTEM treatment along with physical therapy for uh, chronic heel pain, what Dr. Cole and I are talking about, or plantar fasciitis. Michael, thanks so much for joining us here in studio on uh, Sports Medicine Weekly. So uh, I brought up that term, uh, ASTEM treatment. What is that? 
Uh, you know what? Thanks uh, for having me on this morning. ASIM is an instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization technique. Um, it's used by physical therapists in conjunction with traditional physical therapy uh, interventions. Uh, basically, what we do is we use these plastic tools to glide along the surface of the skin to break up adhesions and fibrotic tissue that forms, which interferes with the natural movement of those tissues. Almost like a massage then, right? I mean, is that uh, kind of you're, you're trying to break up the, uh, the planter then? Right. So what the body does is when you have irritation and we say tendonitis or fasciitis, the body lays down these adhesions so it tries to prevent further injury. Sure. Um, so when we're trying to get the body to heal more naturally, we uh, break up those adhesions with these plastic tools. In this t case, ASTEM using the plastic tools. There are other, um, uh, other techniques that use other types of tools. But for ASTEM, it's using plastic tools uh, to try to break up those adhesions and restore natural motion and get the uh, healing process kick-started. So, so I'm a devil's advocate kind of guy, okay? Please. So I want to challenge a little bit. So I, like for tennis elbow, ECRB, there's a, if you know the anatomy, which I'm sure you do, there's a number of muscles that are very closely, the tendons are very closely adhered to each other. Like if you, if I make an incision around the elbow and I, I'm going to surgically fix that condition, um, it, it's actually very difficult to sort of unravel the different layers of tendons because they're so closely adherent. And I know the OTs, at least, the occupational therapists, will commonly talk about adhesions and inflammation between them. And I sort of believe that that's relevant. But the flip side is there are single tendons that really just have the tendon, then maybe like a sheath or a wrapping around it. Then you've got fat, then you've got skin. And I would argue that it's not always adhesions, but you're causing some microtrauma to improve blood supply, which is different than breaking up adhesions. I mean, it's very simple and perfunctory to say we're going to break up adhesions, but correct me if I'm wrong, it's not all about adhesions. But the, but that being said, it's effective for a, potentially for a different reason, which is most things get better in the tendonitis or inflammation category because we cause trauma. So am I off base or, you know? No, I completely agree with you. That's, that's another form of the technique that I think it, it is beneficial, is that it brings blood flow to the area, you know, um, whether we're talking about... Um, lateral epicondylitis or plantar fascia, oftentimes there's a lack of blood flow to the area. So when we're doing this technique to try to get the healing process kick-started, um, it's, it's really going to be helpful um, to address these issues. We're out of time. You guys are good. Uh, I just wanted to introduce. I learn something every day. That's, yeah. why I, that's one of the reasons I love the show is because we always learn something. Yeah, Michael Chuba, our guest from Athletico, athletico.com, talking all about uh, ASTEM and manual therapy, soft, uh, soft tissue injuries, and uh, that heel pain. Congratulations, uh, Michael. You guys do a great job at Athletico. Thanks for being part of the show and uh, lending your expertise this morning. Thank you. All righty. Michael Chuba from Athletico. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages. On ESPN Radio. The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your healthcare team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. 
We're excited to announce our new Sports Medicine Weekly custom podcast app on iTunes. It's all free. Just go to the App Store, search for Sports Medicine Weekly. Our app gives listeners easy access to their favorite Sports Medicine Weekly shows without getting lost in confusing screens and pop-up ads. The team at Sports Medicine Weekly is dedicated to delivering content to our listeners on the latest in fitness, nutrition, injury prevention, and treatment. Optimize your performance with the Sports Medicine Weekly app. As always, we thank our loyal listening and social media followers. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Donjoy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Donjoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Donjoy, a product of DJOGlobal.com. At Athletico Physical Therapy, we know there is freedom from pain and you can get back to doing the things you love. Whether it's running an 8K, playing a game of tag in the yard, or walking safely to your car, pain should not slow you down. With locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens, your choice to go with our team is the smart choice. Visit athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today. Athletico, better for everybody. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly has been brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, by Karen Malkin Health Counseling, by Integrated Orthopedics, by Source, by Donjoy Orthopedics, by MedWest, and by ATI Physical Therapy. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsourilos. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.